0: Oh, my gracious. Right here and right now, because this, the presence of God is in this place, and there is an anointing in this space, I ask you just to pray with me right now. I want you to open the space in your heart that most needs the presence of God. I just want you to be in that place. And allow the prayer and the presence and the blessing that is already here, make its home in you. I promise you, you do not need to understand it. You do not need to speak words to it or about it. Simply say yes and say thank you. And pass it on. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Be blessed my brother. Be blessed my sister. The scripture from the gospel today is about the kingdom of heaven that is here. God is blessing us with that experience now. Do you perceive it? Let us be open to the scripture, alive in our midst, and I will try and honor that word with a word. I'd like to give thanks and honor to those that have given me the word as well. Specifically, I want to give thanks To those who have known a hunger in a way that I will never know it, and in my presence praised God every morning and every night, and taught me things immeasurably valuable about loving God, for God is always good. I want to give thanks and honor to those who, like me, have known a thirst that felt it could never be quenched, and have followed that thirst to places that have brought pain and harm in my life and others. And I want to give thanks to people who knew that thirst and spoke to me words that brought me the living water, that gave me to drink the thing that only could soothe my soul. I want to give thanks for the thirsty who have given me something to drink. I want to give thanks to those who have been sick and proclaim joy in this day of life. I want to give thanks for those who have been naked before me truthful in their humanity, courageous in their vulnerability, and have begun, just begun to teach me how to be a human being without fear, so that God can walk in truth and in light in my life. I want to give thanks very much today for those who have been in captivity and have taught me the most about freedom. I want to give thanks specifically to the men and the women that I had the privilege to spend time with, who were incarcerated at the time of our journeying together, who taught me a little bit about speaking plain, and speaking the truth, and finding out what's real, and letting go of things that are not I am freer because of them so I want to give thanks and honor and thank you thank you we're going to spend some time together journeying today so thank you for being present I will be as present as I can as well why are you here This isn't a sermon. I'm asking you a question, for real, (laughs) for real. You don't have to call out your answer, but I do want you to hear it. I'm really asking you, why are you here? This is the question that I would pose immediately when I would be in the first class of the offender reentry program, which I was a teacher working in Boston jails with men and sometimes women who were preparing to return to society. It was my job to help them prepare to return to society. Specifically, I was given the very small task of helping them change. Yes, exactly. And they would laugh as well, (laughs) and thank God. Why are you here? I would ask them, and they would answer. Got caught. Bad luck. Snitch. Wrong place, wrong time. Drugs. And then again, drugs. (laughs) And then last time, drugs. Maybe a little booze. Guns. Sometimes they would say, I'm here because I'm trying to do better. Sometimes they'd say, I'm trying to learn something new. Sometimes they'd say, tell you the truth, for the good time, because they earned good time for taking the class. And sometimes they'd say, for the money, because they put a little extra in my canteen if I take this class. Sometimes they would say, I'm here because I didn't have any good role models. And sometimes they would say, I'm here because I want to become a role model. And sometimes, that would say, I'm trying to do something different, and I don't know how. Sometimes they would say, I'm bored sitting in my cell. This gets me out for a few hours. And when I was in the men's unit, because you're a woman. All right. <laughs> it is what it is, help them change. So, <laughs> mm, mm. Why are you here? And I'd keep asking and I'd keep asking until they told me the answer that was true for every single one of them, whether they knew it or not. And I'm asking you, why are you here? I want you to notice the answers that come, and how similar they probably are to the answers that the students in my classes would give me. I'm here trying to make a change in my life. My girlfriend comes. I tag along. I'm looking for something I don't know what. I'm making up for something that I know all too well what. Trying to get better trying to earn a little good time somewhere. (laughs) It's true. I'm here because I want to make a change, and I don't know how. I've spent a lot of time in prisons and in churches. My professional path, it kind of looks like that. Prisons and churches. And they're so much the same, so much the same in ways that are hard to hear maybe but also ways that are totally amazing. When we go to prison, when we come to church, we have an opportunity to sit for a moment with ourselves to think usually about some sort of change, whatever it is that we're seeking, and to notice how near or how far we are from the truth in our heart and what it looks like on the outside. And this can go both kinds of ways, right? So when I'm in the prison and I ask, The students there talk to me a little bit about this distance between the person you are and the person you're being in the world. They start to talk once they believe I really want to know the answer. And they say, there's a big distance. Inside, I feel like a 12-year-old little boy. I've been feeling like that for the last 10 years. And I thought the guns and the status with the drugs and the reputation on the street would somehow take that feeling away. And I would feel stronger and I would feel like a real man or a real somebody and I'd be okay and all it's got me is in trouble, and in trouble some more. In church, you might say, I've been coming here for two years. I always had a feeling inside like I was just 12 years old, and I wasn't measuring up to something or somebody, and I didn't know. So I thought I'd go do the right thing, the good thing, and I'd go to church for a while. So I've been coming, and I volunteer, and I sit in the pews, and I be nice to people, and I say my prayers, and you know what? (laughs) I'm not getting it. And every time now, I feel a little further and further away from God, because something inside me isn't changing, and I can't talk about it, because I'm doing all the right things, and I'm in church just like the man or the woman in prison says, and I can't talk about how lonely I am, and I can't talk about how scared I am, and I can't talk about all the things I need, because I'm in prison. And in order for me to survive in this place, I need to pretend on the outside to be what I'm wanting to be, but I feel so far from it. And in the church, we say the same thing. I can't talk about how I'm struggling, with feeling so lonely and I cannot talk about how I feel like I'm never going to get out of this addiction and I can't talk about how I'm staying in this relationship, although it is hurting me because that's not what we do here. I have a reputation to uphold. I have a good Christian face to put on. That would show that I don't have faith or something. They're pretty close, this prison and this church places where we're looking inside and looking outside and trying to negotiate the distance between those two things, trying to figure out how to find the courage to get to the heart of who we are and make choices from that place that can bring us into truth, into love, and into freedom, because we're all seeking freedom all seeking freedom and we all experience to some degree the bondage that is our own and that is part of being human in this world. We come here in the hopes that we'll find out who we are in our heart. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get that hemmed. and um, (laughs) We need to find out who we're being in the world and see if there's some kind of way to bring those things into alignment. Now, here's the tricky part. Prisons and churches, we think, are gonna tell us how to do that from the outside. We send people to prison or people go to prison and they say, this is gonna be good for me. Sometimes they tell me that. This time I'm really gonna get it because it really hurts to be away from my family and I'm not gonna do this again. And so this time if you put me away for three years instead of two years, maybe I'll learn and maybe I'll do it better. You do something to me on the outside and I'll finally bring my heart into the truth of my living and I will have the courage to be who I really am instead of some tough person faking it. Just tell me the outside rules to follow, and I'll get there. And we do that in church, too. Just tell me, how many years do I have to volunteer before I start to become holy? How many prayers do I need to pray in front of people? before they start to tell me that they really do believe I'm a child of God? How many ways can I put on a front on the outside that will help move me through the rules and regulations of my faith into a relationship with the God I seek? Because here's the heart of both these things. I am not worthy. Here's the heart of both these things. I am not worthy. I am not worthy to be true to who I am in the world and that is painful for me to feel and I'm going to cover it up and push it away and be very distant from my own humanity. And I am not worthy of feeling connected to you and part of God and in true alignment with myself and I'm going to cut it off and push it away. The prison reality is. that we try to change things from the outside and it doesn't work. Right? We know this. You ask somebody in prison, what do you need to do to change your life? They can tell you. Stop doing drugs. Don't sell guns. Stop drinking and beating somebody up. Whatever the thing is, we know. And you're probably sitting here right now some part of you knows something you could do differently that would be helpful to you, that would be loving to you. So the question in both cases is, why don't we do what we know we should do? Because it's not an outside thing. Why don't we do what we know we should do? Because it's an inside thing. When I'm drinking, like I used to drink, it wasn't because I was thirsty for alcohol. It was because I was doing something on the outside to try and fix something on the inside that I couldn't find any other way to fix. And when you're eating, that thing, when you know it's not about the food and it's paining you to put it in your mouth, and you know you're betraying something in yourself, but you do not know any other way to find some comfort and a sense of okayness. Just this time, you do what doesn't work, and you just hope it will, right? And when we're trying to find a way to move out of bondage into freedom, sometimes it's confusing to figure out what will free us and what just makes us feel better but keeps us behind bars. The hungry and the thirsty, The sick and the captive, the naked, these are us. This scripture here today is sometimes used as an outside fix, but it's an incorrect reading of the scripture. Jesus is talking about stuff that's already happened. He's saying you're already doing whatever you're doing for whatever reasons you're doing it. And it's the reasons that matter. Because that's the thing. It's what's in here that matters. Do you realize he asks those that do feed and clothe and respond to those in need. He says something about you did these things. And they said, Lord, when did we see you? And he asks, he tells the people who aren't doing those things, you didn't do it. And they say, Lord, when did we see you? none of the people saw him none of the people were trying to draw close to him or away from him in what they were doing Jesus wasn't in the picture for them they were doing what they were doing because something inside them already was leading them into those choices and those behaviors And I'm going to suggest to you that this is the difference between heaven on earth and hell on earth, between those that feed and those that do not. The difference on the inside is knowledge of our own humanity, the courage to go into the place, the truth of our full humanity. Jesus did it. Jesus says, that's right where I am, in the hunger, in the thirst, in your nakedness, in your sickness, in your bondage, that's where I am. Draw near to that. Don't push it away. Don't drink it away. Don't run away. Don't push it away in somebody else. Draw near to the humanity that is yours and mine together, and you will find what you are looking for. It's an inside job. Freedom, he is letting us know, comes in exactly the opposite direction from the ways we usually seek it. I want to feel good, go to where I feel bad, and speak the truth about it. I want to be free, go to where I'm so not free and speak the truth about it. If I want to be fed, go to where I am so, so hungry and speak the truth about my need. Because that is the place where Jesus will be and that is the place where someone will hear and say, me too, or I will pray for you. It is the place where I will be met and no longer alone what is the thing that is really hell on earth? Utter isolation. I am all alone. What are prisons? Places where we put people to say, you can't touch, can't live with other people in the way you want to, can't be held, can't be real. What is our prison but a place where we are separated from other people? When did we see you? whenever we enter into those places, in ourselves and with others. When we look for the full humanity, not expecting you to be perfect, just expecting you to be human and to meet me there, that's where Jesus shows up, that's where heaven on earth occurs. This is the last conversation that Jesus has with his disciples before we begin what we call the passion, before he heads to betrayal, and to death, and he knows this, and he's letting them know, once again, it's not just about works. You already know that you should feed people who are hungry. You already know you should be good to people in need. I'm trying to get at something deeper than that. Live your humanity so fully that your heart opens and that you connect with people in that place for there i will be and there is the kingdom of heaven so close and so far but so close again it is here and now if you want it to be which comes back to our earliest question why are you here the beauty is no matter what prison or church you made a choice you made a choice I will tell you that I believe that at the heart of your choice no matter where you are is a desire to draw near to God. My promise for you is you are already there if you will open your heart in courage and in truth to know that. Yes, amen. I will close with this. Jesus came into the world saying what? proclaiming, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent simply means turn. Turn to, not away. Turn to one another. Turn to those in need. Turn to your own need. Turn to me. The kingdom of heaven, it's right there. Be blessed.